0: You are listening to the Photo Bomb Podcast with the world's greatest photographers, Boo Ray and Gary. Rolling. Welcome to the Photo. <clears throat> Here we go again. This <laughs> one does not go on the air. It's going in. It's it's going in. It's not going the air. Never stop rolling. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Never stop rolling. Okay. Fine. Welcome to the Photo Bomb. Welcome to the Photobomb Podcast. No, no. Start over. I want a clean one. Right. down down take it down 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 down
1: down Hi. Welcome to the Photo Bomb Cat Podcast. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I think we'll take up the whole time just trying right. to get you to get the intro right. All right,
0: here we go. What, <laughs> what was it someone was saying earlier? You should do an outtakes episode. This, this is it. This, this, is, is, the, this is the entire show. episode. would be yeah. this. All right, here we go. Down, 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 down. Welcome to the Photobomb Podcast, my name is Boo Ray Perry, and with me always is Gary Hughes. Hello there. All right, I just got back from Savannah, Georgia. Love Savannah. Savannah, Georgia is that place where people say, you know, you need to, you need to go to Savannah, Georgia. Yeah. You got to go to Savannah, Georgia. And you're like, oh, well, okay, what do they got there? Well, they got a bunch of old houses. Okay, so you walk around to the old houses, that's like, what, 10 minutes? I can do that, and then what am I going to do? You got to go to Savannah, Georgia. Okay, I'll go to Savannah, Georgia. And then you go, and then you tell everyone you know, you got to go to Savannah, Georgia because it is just beautiful and it if is. you're a history buff at all like I am then every every place you go there's a historic marker this every building was built every house was built before the civil war Um, There are these beautiful live oaks everywhere. Mm. Uh, There's the waterfront, and there's, as probably the most important feature, the one you pointed out to me. You can walk around with open containers of alcohol. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) I put it on Facebook. I'm in Savannah this weekend. It's beautiful, and it's so fantastic. And everybody's like, oh, Savannah, I love it. And
1: Gary's only comment is, open containers of alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) I think I just said, there are only two cities in America that I know of. And I think there are one or two more, but the two in the south that our open containers are New Orleans and Savannah. Right. New Orleans is, yeah. And sure. what's great about New Orleans and Savannah is there's so many, like especially down by the riverfront, there are all these bars and restaurants backed up to each other. And um you can and obviously like New Orleans, Bourbon Street, Frenchman Street, there's a lot of really cool stuff there. You're drinking with a bunch of friends and you're like, hey let's go walk around and enjoy the city or let's let's head to the next spot. Let's head to the next location. And you can take your drink with you. All the bars have plastic t- to-go cups on the top. So you just pop one of those, pour the rest of your drink into that, and then you walk down the street. Sure. And it's and having been to Savannah and having been to New Orleans many times, um, I've never seen it be a problem. You know what I mean? Right. If,
0: you, you've never seen where it's like, oh, it's out of hand and this is causing I'm a sure problem. I'm sure that
1: happens. Sure. But I haven't seen it, and it doesn't seem like it's something that is an out-of-control issue. And to me, it's it's a really cool feature because I like to walk around and get drunk. <laughs> I think I think if you I, I think you're more likely to see it in New Orleans. Savannah isn't
0: exactly the kind of town I think that you get a bunch of 20-year-olds on spring break. We want to go party in Savannah. No, but New Orleans, yeah. Bourbon Street, sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, we were there in Savannah and we went to a couple of great restaurants. And one of the ones we went to is a place called The Pirate House which is a house that used to, they say, back in the day, it was a place where pirates hung out and sailors hung out. And and supposedly, Robert Louis Stevenson got the idea for Treasure Island there. So we go to the pirate house, and I've got my kids, and we've got some friends of us, and their kids. So naturally, I want to fire off some good pirate jokes. And I only know one, because the king of the pirate jokes, Gary Hughes, has not given me any other jokes. The last time I asked you for a pirate joke, you were like, I have to give it to you in person.
1: Which I have still not given yes, you. Yes, you
0: still have it because so I'm still waiting for the, for the, great, for the great pirate. Now, do you want to tell the first pirate joke, no, the one you always tell? No, you tell the one that you I don't tell
1: them. it as good as you do. All right, all right. Well, okay, Buray, you are you going to play with the yeah, joke? Of course I all am. Right, okay, all right. What is a pirate's favorite letter of the alphabet? Uh, it's going to be R. No, you think so, but it's the C. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, that's number one.
0: And if you think to yourself right now, it's not that funny. You have to see Gary make the hand motion of the sea when he does it. I mean, you this just, is he just watches a video it. podcast. You just own it. You really do. It, the way you go, it's the sea. You just own it. And he's got a beard, you know, and he's just, it's the sea. Arr, it's the sea. Yeah, you, you totally sell that joke. So I told that joke. And I didn't get the reaction that I would have hoped for because I think you tell it better than I do.
1: Well, you know that that's goes without saying. All right. So, do you have what was? The, but you said there was another one. I have to give credit to my to my uh, my buddy Johnny. He's the one who he's one of those guys that every time you see him, he's got a new joke,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: he's so full of great jokes. And uh, this is one that he gave me, and this is my favorite pirate joke. So, and you have and, and you've not heard this. Oh, right? I'm I'm ready. Okay. So there's a pirate, a pirate captain and he walks into a bar because every joke starts out walking bar pirate captain walks into a bar goes up to the bar and uh leans on it bartender comes over and he notices he looks at the pirate and he goes well he's got an eye patch and he's got a hook for hand and he's got a peg leg and he's looking at this guy like jesus what's oh man he must have had a rough life and so the pirate orders a, a drink the bartender brings it to him and goes hey man you know you probably get this all the time but what happened to you what happened to your leg he goes
0: yard It's a good
1: story I was walking the deck of me ship when a rogue wave came and swept me overboard and as i was in the water a shark swam up bit off me leg and i swam to shore and i was fitted for a peg leg that very night bartender goes wow holy crap that's intense it's amazing that you're alive i hate to ask but what happened to your hand goes well it tore the very next day and i were walking the deck of me ship and another rogue wave came and swept me overboard. A serious rogue wave problem? <laughs> and yeah. I was swimming in the water when a shark came up and bit off my hand. And I made it to shore and I was fitted for a hook that very same night. And the bartender goes, holy crap, you got—you must have the worst luck. I mean, okay, I, 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 I hate to ask, but what happened to your eye? The pirate goes, toward the very next day. I were walking the deck of me ship, keeping me eye out for rogue waves. When a seagull flew over and shot in me eye, Barnard goes, "Wait, wait, wait! You went blind from a seagull shitting in your eye?" He goes, "No, but twere me first day with the hook." <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> what what impresses me about about the pirate jokes is you really have got the pirate accent down. You're like really <laughs> too well for a normal person. Like uh, you like you practiced
1: it. Uh well, you know, I've told that joke a bunch.
0: Yeah, but I mean it's like like have you ever been driving in the car and just Practiced the pirate accent? No, can't say that I have. Oh, I don't think that's true. (laughs) I don't think that's true at all. You got me. I think. I think that you've. I think you've practiced. You know, I've I've driven in the car and practiced the Christopher Walken. You have driven in the car and practiced. I have
1: not, but I I don't think I've heard your Christopher Walken because I can't do it. I I I,
0: it's, it's my golden
1: life before I
0: die. I want to be able to do Chris Christopher
1: Walken. I can't. I cannot imitate anyone. When did he become such an amazing social icon? Like he is like the epitome of cool. Like in hipster Saturday world, Night Live. Cool. Saturday Night Live, I think, is what crossed him over. But
0: now, for people who do impressions, he has replaced Jack Nicholson. If you were a person who did impressions, you had to do Jack Nicholson. That was you know that Jack. Everyone did Jack. It was like the first Here's one they learned. Johnny. That's right. Yeah. Now it's christopher walken yeah i got a fever it's gotta you've got to be able to do walking. that's what everybody can do more it, cowbell and i can't do it and it drives me nuts because i would really like to be able do to do you Chris do any walk-in. good celebrity impressions? no not really you i mean think that. i think i'm no not really no and, and i'm very envious of people who who can do them i can do a really good italian voice yes we
1: can <laughs> <laughs> hey let's make it a spaghetti hey you yeah, gotta see the your, hand that's your voice
0: ahead. for everything though no. <laughs> but like, yeah play the godfather Okay, here we go. Godfather, take 1. Here's from Gandhi. I'm not
1: going to eat. Go. That's that's all you I'm find. going on a hunger strike. That's <laughs> the <laughs> so one point for everything. That's Schindler's great. list. It's like yeah. I have to save these people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Schindler's list you're going to pull. Schindler's list, that's good. Hey, this like movie is in the
1: black and the white. I like that. I like that.
0: They couldn't get the color balance right. My
1: Italian, movie. my beautiful Italian wife and her yeah. Italian family. Okay, are all simultaneously shaking their heads.
0: So you know, I'm an idea man, Gary. All right. And I think about things all the time. I'm very much into self-reflection. I, and and I, I'm the guy who thinks about things. And then when you I you ask... You like to look at yourself in the I mirror. mirror. I That's do. What that means, I right? do. Um, my wife won't have a discussion or argument with me in the bathroom. Because I will look at myself while I'm talking. To her.
1: <laughs> that is not true. This is true. Is it true? I
0: will be looking at myself in the mirror while I'm making my case. I'm like, and and she's like, "What are you doing?" And it's just I'm looking at myself. You're watching yourself on TV, yes. imagining your matlock. That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm looking at myself in the TV, and I'm like, okay, I'm in the mirror, and I'm like, "Okay, make this case, you know, very well." I'm Body language is important. You're yeah,
1: just making sure you're doing good. It's like so, being at the gym, working out. You're always looking in the mirror. Oh yeah, out. yeah.
0: Okay, so so I think weird. I think things a lot, and and I was thinking about this the other day, and and this is maybe one of those things you're gonna. Uh, what okay so think about your life and think about success Mm. be it be it just success in life I can't think about my life and success at the same time (laughs) success with success with with your marriage etc and I was thinking the other day I was pumping gas and speaking of success I was because it's tied into that and I was thinking that um one of the things that for me marked success and this was probably in my late 20s or maybe mid 30s um and strictly speaking, this is in a monetary sense. But can you, have, you, have you reached this point yet? And if, if so, can you remember when you reached a point in your life when you need gas in your car and you simply stop, fill it, and drive away without <laughs> really paying attention to how much money uh, yeah. you just put into your car Absolutely. or how long it is until payday because you know you because there's a whole period of your life where you're like I need gas today is Wednesday I get paid on Friday what is the least amount of money I can put in my car for gas today to get me to Friday because I need to save the maximum amount of money for partying so I just want to put just enough in my car to get me to this point, and then at some point in your life, you reach a point where it's I need gas. You pull in, you fill it, you drive away.
1: You know that's funny. I remember my first car. I had a 1986 Ford LTD station wagon. It had a 5.0 V8 in it, and it could carry like 12 people. Right. Perfect car for growing up in a beach town. I used to take all my friends to the beach. And I remember um, when and gas was probably a dollar four at this point. I think when I got my car, for, and that was a, yeah, it was about a dollar. And I would put five bucks in the tank every yes. time I stopped. I would yes. never fill because filling think about what gas prices are now and they're relatively low in comparison to where they have been in the last right. year or two. Right. But think about I five bucks in and I was too I didn't have enough money to fill up that tank when gas was a dollar a gallon. Yes,
0: yes. The first the first car I had, the first two years I had it, I never had more than a quarter tank of gas in that car. Ever.
1: It was a quarter tank. That's 100%. That was true. like 2 to 3 days. That is the hallmark of adulthood and success is that Yeah, is when suddenly <laughs> it's just I need gas, you just fill it and you're out, and you're out the door. You know, I want to talk about something related to that because I think you're 100% right, but here's here's the hallmark of not being an asshole, okay? Here's the thing that drives me crazy. Um, I have recently been uh, converted to the lover of the Wawa gas station chain. Yes. Yes. And if for those of you in states that have Wawa, you know that it's terrific, we love it. Um, it has all the amenities it's clean people are helpful but here's the thing I hate any gas station in the world but our Wawa's are very busy gas stations because they're relatively new they're they're crazily better than every other gas station station we have in the area so you prefer to go there the gas price is usually the lowest in town so you go to Wawa and there's there's like 20 pumps and you usually have to do a loop around to find an empty one right Right. here's the thing um, that makes me want to murder people I think I know where you're going with this here's where I go here's where I go when you people who pull up, get their gas, leave their car at the pump, and go inside and shop for yes, a sandwich. Yes. When I was a dish jockey, I did
0: an hour on this very topic. Did you? Really? I did. So that's why I'm, I, I. This it drives me. They get, I'm going to go
1: inside now and shop and leave my car sitting at the pump. And because you know that it's busy, you can look around you and see this is a busy gas if it's if it's eleven o'clock at night and there's five pumps and you're the only person there there's one other car, run in and get your soda come back out, but like leave your car there and it's seriously I've been sitting there and waiting in line behind a person that is just inside, and they go inside of the deli counter and they order a sandwich in there for fifteen minutes and their car just block i seriously. I understand why people are leaving America to join ISIS. <laughs> that makes me want to <laughs> That makes me want to become a terrorist. I want to put a jihad on people who leave their cars at a gas station pump. So yeah. if with what small influence I have in the world, with the few people that I can reach through this podcast, I just want to say to you, please fill up your car and then move to a parking spot and let someone come in behind you and pump their gas.
0: Well, I think it goes to basic common decency though and you you and we we've all been guilty of not having basic common decency but also you know people you meet people and there are people who are aware of their surroundings and how they are affecting other people and then there are people who are totally oblivious to what's going on Around them, there are the people who don't bother to look and see that there is a line waiting to distribute itself to the three ca- cash registers that are available. Or worse, they just don't care. Instead, just walk up and get behind one of the cash registers. No, can you see we're, we're waiting back here to? And the next person goes to the available cash register, and they just no, they just shoot the line. Uh, oh, what what? I don't you know, and they just, and I just want to kill those people. You are the reason
1: society is failing. I want to commit murder. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> terrible. <laughs> well, um, that being said. Uh, do we have any photography-related stuff to discuss today? I don't see why we have to talk about photography. I don't photography. think we do, um, but, you know, we've, we've spent roughly half the show now All talking
0: right. about everything else. Yes, we do, and uh, this is going to be a question uh, for you, my friend, because I was thinking about this the other day because I was shooting a wedding, and um, I was thinking, when you're shooting a wedding, <laughs> um, I'm laughing because I just now set the timer on the podcast. I've, I've got one. Do you? Because I've, I've I realize that that's your weakness. That I, always, I always forget to set the timer. Uh, so my question is this. Because I'm going to tell you what mine is. If you're a wedding shooter, we see the same things over and over and over. You see Uncle Bob. Right, right, right. But well, is there anything you really wish they would change about weddings to make our job easier, to make our pictures better? Or is there something that annoys you constantly? You yet? mean something that I see at a lot of weddings? Yeah. And I'm going to tell you what trend mine is. or something? Well, well, it could be anything. I'll tell you what mine is, and then I'll give you an idea of what you're talking about. Okay. And here's what mine is, okay? And it has to do with the clergy. Okay? The clergy, the people who are doing the ceremony, whoever it is. If you could just please, when the bride and groom walk up, if you could just center them on the aisle, I would be so extremely grateful. I have so many weddings where the bride and groom will walk up and the groom will be two feet to the right of the clergy and the bride will be practically blocking the clergy. And now they're completely off center and you've got an aisle leading up to them. And you cannot I mean you, There's nothing you can do now that, You know If you shoot straight down the aisle Which is the proper shot Now the bride is kind of centered And the groom is kind of off And the clergy is kind of behind the bride And if you move so the, so the clergy appears to be Between the two of them Well now you're shooting Over the heads of the guests And you're not going to get That great shot From the back of the room Just center them Just center Especially them Especially if you're in a church And you can't get around Behind either And no. so
1: all you've got Is that
0: you, All you've got is shot. that shot And you just, just center them And i got to tell you Working for my wife's company The Beach Wedding Company Because all the people who do the weddings for her work for her and consequently work for me it's lovely because they know and so every time they get down to the end of that aisle the first thing he does is straighten them up and square them up and sometimes he looks up at me for like a little bit of a head bob a like yeah wish. a little you know <laughs> are they good is that where you want them because they know he knows how important those you're pictures
1: are. You're drunk on power.
0: It's fantastic. <laughs> I can't tell you it really is so fantastic to have the clergy looking to me for approval
1: before they get starting I'm like oh yes. You and feel that, like a god. It's great. If someone asks you if you're a god Listen, you say yes.
0: There's a lot of wonderful stuff to be said for being a guy who signs somebody's paycheck absolutely yeah so that's the thing that i that i could get i just had i just had it yesterday where they were just a little off center
1: you know as a visual person i could see how that would drive you nuts and it's impractical for the purposes of photography um but right along those same lines you know what i've noticed we have a lot of the uh, clergy notaries ceremony specialists there are people in town who just um do ceremonies and they're like we do weddings or whatever they're just the the clergy and that's their job is they perform like on a saturday they perform four or five weddings. Sure. but here's the thing that really bothers me: a lot of the clergy have gone to from using paper to using iPads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now here's the thing: if you're shooting a wedding um, in the evening, well, even with paper, this bothers me. There's two things. One: if you're shooting a wedding at night and they're reading off of an iPad, it becomes a really when you're shooting through the clergy from behind, in to shoot the bride's face or the groom's face, it becomes a really distracting element in the image that big lit up iPad. I haven't had that yet. Yeah. The other thing is. The actual physical, whether it's a notebook or a clipboard or an iPad or a microphone, whatever it is, it's in the dang shot, every shot. I wish that we, you know, in in, I never even think to ask, but you go ahead, you're a reverend, notary, whoever, you know, um, father, would you mind just taking... Like six inches back, so that I can photograph the bride's, the bride's face without an iPad cutting into sure, it. You know? Sure.
0: And the other thing I don't understand is you, when you get the specialist and they're giving the same seven minute ceremony that they, they, they give three and four times a day every single Saturday, Saturday, and they've been doing it for two years. Why do you even need a script anymore?
1: I don't. Maybe to remember the people's names. A, a,
0: a note card with their names. Write it on your hand. Is all you really need.
1: <laughs> You're reading this. I know the ceremony by heart. Yeah, if that's your job. If that's the only thing you do, you can remember somebody's names and a few details about them, but the rest is like the ceremony that you've done a thousand times. Right? Why do you need to read off of a script? You know, and you
0: don't get it. And you know, you don't necessarily. You know, when you don't get it is when you get like um, a Catholic priest. Or someone like that Those guys Because they give Sermons every weekend The homily Yeah yeah. They're the ones Who don't necessarily Have a big book They might have a bible In their hand But For they get there And they're they just talking uh, Not a big giant book it's, When you get the Notaries and stuff A lot of times When you get a big Black folder and, and they're reading That script You know what I mean But a lot of times With, with, a, with a priest Or someone who does
1: they, They're, they're, they're kind of just You know They're holding court I love when the priest Reads from the book It looks like the Necronomicon You know <laughs> Like the giant Gilded <laughs> book of the dead <laughs> Bound in human flesh <laughs> You know, the, spine of the, the <laughs> yes. spine of the book is an actual spine. You know? <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: So it's a big book, is what yeah, you're yeah. saying. It's a big I, book. L-
1: that's the one thing. I, and uh, my whole family's Catholic. My wife's Catholic. And um, that's the thing I love about Catholicism in general, is that everything is so, like, ornate. Oh, sure. And you oh, know that, like, somewhere in the church, there's, like, a finger bone of a minor saint in there. It's, like the <laughs> consecrated. i like, they have stuff. They have vaults. We went to Rome last year, and we got to see. They have the grave. Underneath the um, Basilica is the grave of St. Peter. Like, his body is down there. Right, St. Peter. Like, the, you know, like, 2,000 years ago. Like, it's supposedly is there. Right. And you're thinking, man, like, that's pretty dope, though, you know? Well, yeah, go to Westminster
0: Abbey in London. And everybody's buried in Westminster Abbey. All yeah. these, you know, Thomas of Beckett and all these great poets they have a place called Poet Corner where they buried all these great poets. This is why Scientology Long lacks shake. credibility. The king, the king that, killed, that
1: killed Mel Gibson is buried right Didn't there. kill Mel Gibson, killed William Wallace. <laughs> no, this is why Scientology lacks credibility. Because if, if your religion is that like new right. to where your grandpa can go, that didn't happen. <laughs> you, know, like, <laughs> right. you know
0: if there's an actual <laughs> witness to that period it's kind of hard to sell people on it
1: not to be negative towards any Scientologist, but get out while you can yes. um no in all seriousness um it, it is it is pretty awesome but as far as wedding ceremonies are concerned weddings in general there's one more thing that drives me nuts there all are right. a bunch but things that you see at weddings a lot that i wish were different is um we always try to advise our brides on this the DJs with the dang light shows. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know? the
0: little laser Twinkie lights.
1: Not even – the laser ones can actually fry your camera sensor if right. it goes in at the right angle or whatever. Right. But just any lights in general, even, like, the spinny ones, it's just so jacks up the photos. And all the DJs in town in Orlando where we are, um, they, they are have all this great LED uplighting and stuff. And you can there, – there's so many ways to make a, a, a reception look good. People – it's not like the 80s. People don't need disco right. lights and flashing red blue red blue green lights to dance you know it's not you right, know right. it's 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 so Ooh. old school and it it and it's so hard because i really like to shoot um try to shoot some available light with a little bit of flash at a reception to try and, you know, you, you want to lower that shutter speed and get some of that ambient light in so because they spent all this money uplighting the room and doing this stuff, so you don't want to, like, overpower it all. Right. And it's really hard to do that because con- if they've got all these stupid laser lights on everybody's faces, I was shooting a wedding just a few weeks ago where it had the light's color of the whole dance floor kept changing. Yeah, so so it's a nightmare. I would take four pictures, and the first one, they'd be green, and the second one, they'd be pink, and then the third one would be, like, normal skin color, and then the fifth one, then they'd be, like, bright yellow And it's So I wish that photographers and DJs could get together and go, how about this? You and me, buddy, I'm going to give you the the high sign and you're going to chill out the lighting for about five minutes while I run around and take some dancing pictures and then I'm going to go away from the dance floor and if anything big happens on the dance floor and I run over there, I'll give you the high sign. Just peel back the crazy laser light show for a little bit while I do my thing. The problem is there's nothing in that for the DJ. The DJs don't care. They don't care about us. I think that photographers and DJs are like ancient enemies in the wedding world you know (laughs) we're like troy and sparta we're just you know yeah I, i i can't tell you i've never in 12 years of shooting weddings i have never once had it out with another vendor that wasn't a dj
0: well here's the thing i don't get about that
1: is that um the D- we
0: can feed business to a dj dj's really can't don't you i i can't think of anybody who's really come to me because a dj sent them so to me they are so
1: crazily below photographers on the hierarchy of wedding referrals. yes but i have
0: so many people who come and hire me and then i ask them have you got a dj yet and they go no and then i pull out a couple of cards for guys i know who work well with me we have a whole list yeah. of
1: wedding vendors
0: and so they they say say were, it's, you know, it's worth it to you To be on our good side
1: Okay what's the hierarchy First, By the, the way be well, ve- Let me just
0: say this by the way The other thing about the lights Is um, the gobo With people's initials In the middle of the dance floor I had that last night Well good luck If anybody wanders into that sucker Because now there's a 200 watt
1: light hitting <laughs> them right in the face <laughs> But no one else has that light on it. Right. Yeah, no. You know what I'm talking about? Where the like initials it, are projected on the bands. We, uh, uh, we had a great DJ, um, Steve Metz, with a Metropolitan DJ. He's out of Alabama. And he actually came down to Florida to shoot our wedding. He's a good friend of ours. And um, he did an amazing job. And he did our names in, in like the lights, things. And it To DJ your wedding. The DJ. Okay,
0: because did to shoot our wedding.
1: No, I'm sorry. To DJ our okay. wedding. Susan Stripling shot our wedding. And then uh, Steve Metz was our DJ. And, um, he actually had it projected high up on the wall, right away, so everybody could see it and right. enjoy it, and then right, I don't understand you project it on the dance floor, they can see it when they first come in. I'm sure, but a lot of people but then they ask never, for the rest that of, too. yeah,
0: but then the rest of the night they never see it again. It's just this light in people's faces. and try to photograph it without a ladder. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that <laughs> all right you you said
1: something a second ago which I think which is I think is a great idea you said what's what's the hierarchy? the hierarchy of wedding referrals, I would say the very top you have. Venues, planners, and dress shops probably would be equal depending on the bride. Some brides go straight for the dress, some brides go straight, they got to lock down the venue. Yeah. And some brides, the ones who use planners, go to the planner first. Yeah, I would say because I'm trying to think of how many brides come in to hire
0: me who have not picked their dress. If they and don't know, have a planner they, they, they
1: usually have their dress.
0: So, yeah, they've got their venue and they've got their dress. And, and, and if a, they, and have course, a planner, they have a planner, if, if they have they're going to use one, so, yeah, they have those before now. they get to me. So, mm-hmm. then, so then we are fourth on the list
1: Right the, the, And I would say that those three are interchangeable Depending on the bride right? And then you have I think photographer And then below photographer um, I think you have DJs Florists, bands um, Hair and makeup Hair and makeup artists um, And I don't even know what other vendors are at a wedding You know cake people right? And this happened to me yesterday too And, and uh, you know uh,
0: This happened to me yesterday Hair and makeup girl sweetheart right she's there she does the hair and makeup and then when she's finished and she's leaving she goes oh oh by the way i need to get your uh, your contact information because my my boss is going to want to get pictures and it wasn't can i get pictures assuming. It, it was just assuming i need to get your information so you can send me pictures and my first thought in my head is what are you doing for me again and i know that maybe sounds bad yeah, but, a little but, but but when you get it we get it so much I don't know. I mean, I can do a wedding and have five different people coming on to me the, for pictures. None of them have done anything for me, and none of them will do anything for me. But what I'm going to do is help them look make more money for their business.
1: On the off chance, we have had, not a lot, but we have had a brides who happen to get the flowers first or something else first and we have been referred not a lot. I
0: think it's a question of you provide the pictures to these people not because you think you're going to do something for you but because you don't want to take a chance that they will do something against you.
1: Well, here's no I here here's how I look at it. A lot of we do um personal projects sometimes or sometimes we have Ne- like hair and makeup is a perfect example if i'm good with hair and makeup people and i give them images and you develop a good relationship with them if i've got a shoot that i'm doing for a personal project or i'm doing something for not for profit um that i'm that i'm working for free i can um i can go to that person and go hey i would l- can you donate some time on this shoot for me right and that happens a lot and i've done that i don't i've know. never done that um well that's you know you're not using your network into its full potential well there you go but um Styled shoots are really big right now. I've done a couple of them. They're not really my deal. But if you're a wedding photographer who does those, you know, developing those relationships is important. Because the time comes when you have to call up a hair and makeup artist and ask them to do something for you on the other side. They're going, well, what the heck do I get out of it? And they're thinking they're going to get pictures. But half the time, you know how bad photographers are at sharing their pictures most of the time? Ask any other wedding vendor and go... So how many photographers have promised you pictures and not given them to you?
0: Really? Because I would assume that if you contact any photographer from a wedding and say, can you send me these, some pictures, that they do because they don't want to take no, you because, off. No, because it's, I mean, I do.
1: it's universally the exact same thought you've got. Because if a wedding planner asks me for pictures, they've got pictures 30 seconds I mean, later. Absolutely. If a venue asks me for pictures, I'm printing 40 by 60 canvases, and I'm bringing them into their venue to hang them up, and I'm giving them digital images, whatever they want. If a cake person asks me for a picture, I'll go, sure, and I'll just kind of, I'll just kind of put it on the back burner because yeah, I don't. You know, I send everybody what they want right away, but but I get, uh, you know, I just,
0: you know, I I know it sounds bad, you know, to but at the same time everybody's. Asking for you to spend more time to give them stuff, and not do I mean, I had a guy, I had a, I had a, I had a, I think it was a florist. I have
1: enough to do. Well, i do?
0: <laughs> I had a florist come to me and say, "Can you send me some pictures?" And I said, "Sure, absolutely." All I ask is that you uh, give me a link back someplace, someplace on your website. You know, pictures by. Just give me a link back. I need that link back. I need the SEO. She came back and she goes, "Yeah." She goes, "We're not really set up to do it that way. We can't really do that." And I thought oh, okay, so I'll just bend over and give you these pictures anyway to use any way that you want without anything at all in return from you. You know, And and I think that was the time I turned a corner. That was the time where I started saying, you know, I've been doing this for so many years and I've been writing pictures to all these people and I can't see that I've ever really gotten a return from it. So now if you ask me for pictures, I don't know that you're going to get them so fast. Here's
1: anymore. another way to do this. You're a blog person. Right. You can leverage your blog really heavily for f- to benefit the SEO, the search engine optimization for your website. Right. Not by posting your own weddings and trying to jack keywords. That doesn't work. I don't know if you've noticed that but that totally doesn't work. What works is creating interesting content that people want to read. So here's what I would do. I would go to that cake person, that hair and makeup artist, whoever it was that you've worked with, and then you have them, if you say, "I don't don't even ask for a link back, have them write an article for you or" No, they're not going to no, do that. No, no, no. Here's this. Say this, this is even easier. Listicles, people love these. These are the like seven things that people wore to the Oscars or whatever. Those those clickbait links, those generate traffic because the number one thing Google considers when giving somebody uh, placement uh, advantage is, is the content good? Is it popular? Do people want to read it? And you posting your pictures going, here's a picture of a baby I took last week. Here's a picture of a baby I took yesterday. Here's a wedding that I shot last week. Like the people will go and they'll look at it and they'll bounce right away. And it doesn't really create content that engages your user. If you say to a hair and makeup artist, like, I'll share all these pictures with you and I will write a blog article that features you, all I want you to do is I want you to give me a list of five things that a bride can do to be ready for her wedding day as far as hair and makeup are concerned, whether it be skin treatment, whether it be just give me five quick things, and then you post the picture that you took of that makeup artist working on that bride you post a final picture of the bride even a before and after if you happen to take one list the five things write a little write up on them give them a link and then you post that to facebook you post that to linkedin you post that to google plus you post that you know you do that and you've created content that any bride who sees it isn't necessarily need to be looking for boo perry photography they're going to go okay what can i do to make sure that my skin looks its best on its wedding day all great all great, and great. who won't? Who who can't sit for five seconds and do a list of five things? And you say, "I'll give you the pictures if you do this for me," and then they yeah, are. but I can't do that every single week with a different hair and makeup. You person. can do it with any vendor. You can do it with cake, hair and makeup. Yeah. And you're not only that. Are you? You're creating content that people want to read, and then you're also being able to like they're going to want to post that link all over the place, and then they can copy the article and post it on their blog. You're creating all your. All I'm saying is, you're taking a situation where you are having an, an, a, a fairly negative reaction from uh, them asking you to do something you can ask them to do something that's going to benefit you and them create content for your blog and and help your seo all at the same time and it's the easiest thing in the world those listicles the reason why listicles work psychologically is if you see a link going through on your facebook feed and it says um this is what's happening with climate change and you go, i'm not reading that. <laughs> it's probably way too long and involved but if you see you know Five things or six things. You go, I can read six things. Right. And if you start to create content on your blog instead of just feature your work, you want to feature your work and also create the content. It can really benefit your SEO. That's great. I get that. Yeah. I do that. Uh, Or
0: I will do it. Anyway, that's good. But... Still doesn't help me when I've got five makeup artists in five weeks. I'm not doing that five times. And the other four are like, can you
1: send me pictures? And no, I can't give you a link back on my website, but please get those pictures to me by 5 o'clock tomorrow. What do you say when we talk about the podcast and the website and the blog? What is the hardest thing? Content. Coming up with good content. All right, the time. and I can come up with that content if you've no got, problem. If you've got five makeup artists, then you have them to do it. It doesn't mean they're going to be... You can You can bank that article and have it done, and you can have blog posts for... Months in advance. If you've got these vendors backed up, you go like, okay, I got all these articles from these different vendors, and you start banking blog posts to the point where all you got to do is copy and paste your blog post, and you're creating interesting content every day. The more interesting content you create, the better it is for your website, the better it is for your business. Just do, just do a five point listicle, five things. I I think it's a great idea, but it's because still, I'm a genius. But all <laughs> it is, but it is still
0: more work for me involving this project. You're going to write blog posts anyway. Yes, but what I'm trying to say is. I personally don't go and ask somebody for something unless I am prepared to offer them something of some sort. And what gets me are the people who come to me and ask me for stuff all the time. And not only are they not prepared to do anything for me or have any ideas to do anything for me, but they're very specific. Not only do I want you to give me something, but I want you to give it to me this way and this is what I'm gonna do with it and you don't have any input. To those people you just wanna go, you know what? Just tell them to piss off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but That's I'm just good saying. for business. There was a point, it's like pumping gas, baby. I, for, for a certain number of years, I was, oh whatever, and then certainly then certainly you get a point in your business where you start to go, you know what? if you, Mr. I just started my florist business last week, are so stupid that you don't that you don't want to you know budge a little bit to help out the guy who's doing a hundred weddings a year, then you know what? you can go get your picture someplace else Hooray. What?
1: You're drunk on
0: power. I'm not drunk on power. You're drunk on, on power. power. It's like when I was a disc jockey and I worked <laughs> in nightclubs. That was a good laugh. That was a really good laugh. <laughs> it's like when I was a disc jockey and I worked in nightclubs. And I and I was the guy, everyone loved me because I was the guy who wanted to always you know, please the managers. The managers came to me, can you do this or can you do that? And I was like, sure, whatever you want to do, man. Whatever you want to do. And they all loved me. And then at some point in my career... I realized that the guy who just came up to me as a manager and asked me to do something different with the music tonight, he was a bartender last week. And I have been playing music in nightclubs for seven years. So you just need to get out of my booth and let me do my job because I am an expert at this and you are not. So, the lesson that we want to take home from today
1: is that. <laughs> Don't be an a-hole. <laughs> once you achieve success, it's okay to be a complete jerk.
0: No, it isn't okay to be a complete <laughs> jerk. But once you achieve, uh, uh, get a certain level of success, you can stop bending over backwards or being bent over forwards by every single person out there
1: www.buuredrunkonpower.com. Uh, it's
0: not drunk on power. It's just you know. It's like it's like it's like you said. Hey, get in your car and pull up to the space. Why don't you give a little something back to us if you want us to be nice to you? That's all I'm saying. Give a little, get a little. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. And 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 you can't tell me you don't feel sometimes that that everyone out there just uses us photographers like we're just providers, like we're just there for them. Whatever we do, because pictures are free, right? It's no big deal. You can just send me all the pictures from the wedding. Just send me all the pictures from the wedding, I'll pick out what I want to use. You there's a vein throbbing in yeah. your forehead. Come on. <laughs> you, I know you I know you, you're you're just you're just, just arguing with me to argue with me because I know you've had this happen to you, and you are like, No, I'm not gonna send you every picture uh, but from the you, wedding.
1: Here's it if you don't think that other wedding vendors are having some of the same thing on their end, I think you're mistaken. My point is and Not from me, because I don't ask anybody for anything. Can, can we end on a positive? No. <laughs> and on that note, I no, think go that's ahead, <laughs> go ahead,
0: wrap it up for us in a nice, in a, in a nice. The more you know,
1: you. Dun, 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 dun. Um, you can, um, <laughs> can you give me some background humming? Now here we are, boys and girls. If you were a wedding vendor and you were looking to expand your business, play nice with others, give a little, get a little, and don't forget to leverage those relationships to bring SEO benefit to your website. And that's all we have time all for today. Right. Thanks. For listen to the photobomb podcast (laughs) be sure to check us out
0: photobombpodcast.com you can email your questions to us questions at photobombpodcast.com we are on facebook and twitter as well and we will see you next time see you later